I'm Jeff Francis. And I'm Michael Byrne. This, this is, is the Francis, Francis Report. Yeah, Jeff? What do you think happens first? Gas prices go down to 80 cents a liter, or the Edmonton Oilers get their next win? <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 12. Our first episode officially on iTunes. Yep, we made it. Thank you very much to everyone who's been here for the uh, ride so far. It's only going to get better from here, for sure. It's been a lot of fun so far, too. Yeah, it's been a blast. Um through the sponsor me stuff and just getting to talk to people and interactions with some new people and um, making some friends on SoundCloud and things like that. It's been really neat so far. And yeah, this will be our last episode before Christmas. We're so, going to take a little break and come back after the new year. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. If you don't celebrate holidays, Christmas, Kwanzaa, you know, Hanukkah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. We just wish you all to have a you know safe and happy holidays. Happy holidays from the Francis Report. What are we going to talk about today, Mike? What are we not going to talk about today, Jeff? We have a lot going on in Leafland. Uh, five games since we last uh, were together here on the podcast. The Leafs are currently on a 10-1-1 run. They have 41 points, um, and they have a 19-9-3 record, and they currently hold the first wildcard spot uh, in the Eastern Conference. So we have If the season ended today, they would face Tampa Bay. In the first round. How do you think that series would go, Jeff? I think that the Leafs would be all right in that series. I think it would go to seven. Yeah. Six, maybe. Six, yeah. The Leafs win eight. Yeah, let's not let it go to seven. I Never again. Never again. Never, ever again. Never again. Um, so we got a bunch of, we got a bunch of stats uh, over the team's, um, the team's 10-1-1 run. Uh, so we'll throw some of those out, talk about a couple of those things. We also attended uh, the Big Ice, their fourth show. I think it was number three. Number three. They said fourth, but I'm pretty sure one it was of them only said three. three. One of them they said, said four. four. Who knows? You know what the hell? A lot of fun on. though. Oh, if uh, you're a, if you're a hockey fan, you have to get out to a Big Ice panel. It was yeah, great. basically, they just have a bunch of reporters and celebrities that come and they talk about hockey. You know, they they do a little bit of a Q and A with uh, the crowd, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. And you get to hear stories that they wouldn't necessarily publish in print or talk about on the radio, which is yep. pretty cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it just worked out good for us. We've made a friend of the show there. Friend of the show that may one day appear on this podcast. Hope so. In the new year, so stay tuned for that. That'll Report, be reporter Chris. Yeah, from Sportsnet. That'll be pretty awesome uh, if he makes it out here. Yeah, He's from Coburg, so just up the road. Yeah, so that'd be cool to look forward to. So. Jeff, we experienced the same sort of uh, hot streak prior to the Olympic break last season. Yes. Um, I'll throw some numbers at you. Um, the Leafs are currently first in the NHL at 3.45 goals per game, which is stupid. And significantly higher than last year. Yeah. Do you know why that is? Because, because they have yeah, depth, depth scoring. forwards, yeah. yeah. Like I, I was reading a stat the other day. It was something stupid. Like the fourth line last year had seven goals. And Richard Panic has seven goals already. Six could be six. And, and during six, during this but... streak, you know, who like the first line has been pretty quiet. They haven't been doing much. Yeah. Like 
their scoring, but not at the clip that the Leafs experienced last year when right. they were on their hot streak. Yep. Um, get yeah, into last year, if the Leafs went on a hot streak, it was because Kessel and JVR and Bozak were getting hat tricks every game. Yeah. And I uh, <clears throat> I wrote an article uh, after the last episode just comparing this streak to the Leafs' start of last season in terms of I dabbled in some of the advanced stats and whatnot. And I guess it was a nice welcome into the hockey blogging community. I had my first person start a fight with me on Twitter and block nice. me. So that was pretty exciting. You made it. Yeah, I know. You made it. He probably thought it was great, and he probably felt all high and mighty, and I was just like, wow, this is fantastic. I'm a blogger now. Yeah. Um, basically, the Leafs right now, over this streak, have a 43.4% possession. Uh, the only team worse is Buffalo at 38%, which is just absolutely abysmal. Yeah, they're uh, they're playing. They're not playing very well. They're winning games, but playing worse than they were to start the season. Yeah, um, they're being outshot three hundred and seventy to three twenty one, which is a minus fifty one shot differential uh, over this stretch. But that's only versus West. Versus the West all season. All season. Yeah, but they do have a seven two and one record versus the West. So keeping with the theme of this streak, they're being outshot and getting ridiculous play from the goaltenders yeah. uh, and winning. A nice thing, I think, is that the Leafs have been vocal about the fact that they understand they're not playing well, whereas, as you mentioned, uh, Randy Carlisle was the only one to point it out last season. Um, but this season, we've heard Kyle Dubas and, more recently, JVR say that nobody's happy with how the team's playing, which is odd on a 10-1-on-1 streak, but it's nice that they're acknowledging um, that that's what's going on. It doesn't feel like the Leafs are on a 10-1-on-1 streak. You know, people aren't... Like, I don't know, if this had have happened five years ago, six years ago, people would be planning the parade. Oh, yeah. Like, it would be insane. Like, it just, it would, the people would be going nuts, but there, it doesn't seem like anyone's doing that this year. I think that's has a lot to do with the advanced stats coming through. Like, it's, I mean, people can argue against advanced stats all they want, but you can't score if you don't have the puck. That's just and common the water. other team can't score if they don't have the puck. So if you have the puck all the time, you're going to win more of the games. Plain and simple. You know, in a five-game stretch or even a 12-game stretch like this, you can have the puck less than the other team and win. Yeah, no problem. But last year is a prime example of what happens when you have a long stretch of being outpossessed. And if anyone needs any proof of that, I hate to bring up Game 7, oh. but look at Game 7. If the Leafs had have possessed the puck more in the oh, third period, they, they would the not have lost that game. No. So if you want a small sample size, look at Game 7. You want a large sample size, look at the season before the lockout, and look at this season. Or, sorry, last season. The The Leafs are, were a terrible possession team, and everyone predicted last year that they would collapse at some point, that the rate that they were winning was unsustainable, and look what happened. It happened. Can they do it over a long term? Yeah, you can do it over a long term. They can't predict, okay, it's game 71 that is going to have a major collapse. Because they might be able to do it for 85 games or 90 games. Or they might only be able to do it for 20 games. But, I mean, advanced stats are here and they're real. And they're here to stay. Yeah. And that you can learn a lot from them. Why not use something that can benefit your and, team? And they've been around for a while. It's not like this just something in the last couple of years. I remember watching the games in... The two thousand early two thousands, Joe Bowen after every period broke down how many shot attempts there was at the net. He would give you a list of how many shots, how many block shots, and how many shots went wide. And he did that every game that he was on the broadcast. And 
I don't not nobody really remembers him doing that. No, but and I well with social media now, I think it's just so mainstream and everything has a name now with the Corsi and the Fenwick and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And there's just so many different ways to look at it. Um, but social media, I think, has definitely just boosted the whole thing. Uh, made definitely. it more prevalent. I think one of the best examples of this streak or looking at the streak under a microscope is the game against Detroit where the Leafs won 2-1 and were just massively outshot and they had 26% possession. I don't think I've ever seen such a lopsided game and the Leafs have no business winning that game uh, if not for James Reimer's incredible performance. James Reimer. James Reimer. James Just Reimer. say that again. James Reimer. It feels good to say that. James Reimer. I feel like I say James Reimer an incredible <laughs> performance quite a bit when yeah. he plays. Uh, something that ha- that was brought up at the Big Ice last night, which I think was really interesting. Um, one of the females in the crowd, or no, one of the gentlemen in the cl- crowd asked about why Reimer hasn't given a fair shake. And I think it was Mike Zeisberger said that he got his chance last year when Bernie went down and didn't seize the opportunity. And man... Was the response from the lady? It was epic. Yeah, she was just like, "Bullshit." Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's not right. You know, Bernier, uh, Bernier went down with an injury, and then Reimer got knocked in the head against LA, and the Leafs covered up a uh, concussion symptoms, and he kept playing, so he didn't really get a shot. You know, that's not fair to say. It's, and it was nice to see someone stand a up, fan, though, a lady fan, stand up and just be like... She was know, knowledgeable, too. Yeah, very she, knowledgeable. She knew numbers and things it's like great. that. And it's funny to think, like, if James Reimer doesn't have the concussion history, like, is Jonathan Bernier even here? Yeah, who knows, right? Like, he, James Reimer could just be the guy. Yep. And maybe that's the sole reason that Bernier was brought in that offseason where we were like, the Leafs addressed the one thing they didn't really need to when they could have addressed the defense, but maybe they said... Look at the concussion and the injury history. We need to bring in some more stability, and maybe that's the number one reason that yep. happens. Um, so there's a couple, I guess, well, more than a couple, but some players that have really been standing out. Uh, the Leafs have some league, uh, some guys in the top end of the league in terms of stats. Um, Santarelli is fifth in the NHL at plus 17, which is phenomenal. Uh, and Dion Phaneuf is also 15th. Uh, in the league in plus minus at plus 14, which for a pylon is pretty great, uh, if you ask me. Jeff, what are your thoughts? I think there's a big difference between the Leafs this year and the Leafs in previous years. And one of those things is their goal differential. If you if you even include the Buffalo and Nashville game where they got outscored 15-4, this team is a plus 22 goal differential. Take away those 11 goals, like that 11 goal differential between those two games, and this team is leading the league in goal differential, or at least very close to leading the league. Three, they'd be three goals behind Chicago in goal differential. And that's amazing. Like, that's not something that we are used to seeing as Leaf fans. And, like, that Nashville game was an anomaly. Like, yeah, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. Nine goals go in the find, NHL doesn't go happen. Go find the last time a team scored nine goals. Like, it doesn't happen very often. And I think that's one of the big differences between this team. Like, how often do we ever see the Leafs where they're, you know, they could be having the same record, 19, 9, and 3, but their goal differential would be plus 1 or minus 3 or something, you know, where they've scored just as many goals as they've they've given up. But not this year. They seem to uh, be not giving up a lot of goals, which is good. Um, 
Back to Mike Santarelli quickly. Uh, over this 10-1-1 stretch, he leads the team in points with three goals and 10 assists. Um, and for a guy that's getting paid uh, $1.5 million, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's producing, I think, maybe a bit better than um, Mason Raymond was, just in terms of the fact that he's on the PK and he's effective on the PK. Phil Kessel is eighth in league scoring and has not dipped out of the top 10 all season, which is... Fantastic. Um, another, I guess, concerning stat is that Bernier and James Reimer are having to play at above a .950 save percentage for the Leafs to win some of these games because they're getting outshot so heavily. Um, what are your thoughts on the shots for and shots against and what that's telling us about how the Leafs are playing? I think that the Leafs are closing the gap. Um, last year it was, uh, like a five or six shot, uh, negative differential per game where I now, I think it's closer to three and four. Still not great. They're, they're a better possession team this year. Uh, last year they're like 42%. This year they're hovering around 45, 46%. So, uh, you gotta not give up shots. They gotta be better defensively in that regard. You know, like. Yeah, they just they can't give up those shots. Like even when they when they faced Anaheim, they were pretty heavily outshot. Um, at one point, they were getting outshot twenty nine to fourteen. Yeah, and they were up two two nothing at that point. Um, but it's just I don't know. I feel like you can only get away with that for so long. Like yeah. I know they're continuing to prove the advanced stats people wrong or whatever you want to say right now, but. The way, but the main thing is what they're doing is not sustainable, and no. there's a large and group of people. And that's the thing; they're not proving anybody wrong. They're proving everybody right. Like they're proving the advanced stat guys right. You know, they go all last year. You know, going in the Olympic break, they're they're second in their division. They were on an eleven, two, and one round. Yeah, they're like second that. in their division, more points than both Montreal and New York, and then all of a sudden, it caught up with them, and they just sunk through the toilet. I think they only won like four of their last 15 or 20 games. It was, it was, and they just, that eight game losing streak, it, 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 yeah. Like they're just, they're proving the advanced stat guys right. They say at some point there's going to be a collapse and guess what? There was. And I really hope that doesn't happen again. I think they got enough depth scoring and they've built enough of a cushion right now that because you know what the main problem was well obviously the possession is an issue but when the big line went cold last year the team just plummeted and the big line's cold right now and the depth scoring is coming and on top of that just like the 9-2 lost in nashville losing eight straights an anomaly as well yeah it's not they'd have to do that again this year in order to to fall out of playoff contention and unless there's an injury to a goalie, uh, if if the goalies are healthy, I think the, they make the playoffs. That's another thing I wanted to touch on. You know, a lot of people are saying, are jumping on the, well, you know how Edmonton's doing so poorly. Yeah. Um, I didn't really want to talk about Edmonton, but... Just fired their coach, too. Yeah. Dallas Eakins. Dallas Eakins, who I don't think was to blame at all. But that's aside the point. We're not going to get too much into that because everybody's talking about that. Yeah. Um, we don't like the Oilers, so... Yeah. We're not going to sit here and bash them, yeah. Um, feel bad for their fans. It's yep. weird as a Leaf fan to be able to feel bad for another fan base. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and that's not going so hot right now either. No. Anyways, a lot of people are jumping on the let's move James Reimer now while his value's high 
But if you're the Leafs, why don't you just want to sit and have two really good goalies and probably the best tandem in the NHL? Why do you want to break that up? Like, are you on the let's trade Reimer and get something in return, trade him to Edmonton and try and get one of their big pieces kind of? As a fan of the team, I love Reimer being on this team and I can swallow the fact that he only gets to play once every couple weeks and or depending on how their back-to-backs work, maybe twice in a week or or something like that. I'm okay with that. He's coming in and he's having stellar games. As a fan of Reimer, I want him shipped out of town so bad to go to another team and be successful there just to give a big F you to Dave Nonis and everyone that doubts him. James Reimer is a good goalie. He's a he's a he's a starting goalie in the NHL. Yeah, and he's a good goalie, and unfortunately, he's been put in a lot of situations to fail, and he's been run. I'm not sure why they run James Reimer the way they do, but teams run at him. Do you think, in some sort of sense, Dave Nonis is holding on to Reimer in the off chance that Jonathan Bernier doesn't get re-signed? <laughs> I know that that would be just... Welcome to Vancouver. Yeah. Let's trade Corey Schneider to make sure that Roberto Luongo is the number one guy. And then, yeah, joke. Like... I mean, I don't know. That's a... Just being a fan of this team for so long, that seems like some... Like, if they end up losing Jonathan Bernier, that's going to be one of the biggest failures in the last few years. Um, I think buying out Grabowski is probably the worst thing the Leafs have done... Since the last lockout. And then paying Bozak. Well, I guess signing Jeff Finger might be worse than buying a Kropowski, but at least at that time you could throw him in the minors and it was no big deal. Yeah. But uh, buying a Kropowski is probably the worst thing the Leafs have done. Sorry. Signing David Clarkson was the worst thing <laughs> the Leafs could do. Um, the second worst was buying a Kropowski. Don't get me wrong. I like watching David Clarkson score. It's fun. Like, I don't know. It, it's... It's fun watching any player score, and I'll get behind any player on the Leafs because I'm a Leafs fan. But David Clarkson is abysmal. He is terrible. He probably spends more time on his ass on the ice than he does skating. I tweeted out a joke the other day about how he must have got his finish from Canadian Tire because it's really expensive and it doesn't work. (laughs) Well, it's funny when we were at the Anaheim game, there was one play and he just went into the corner and... There was no one around him, and he just fell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right like, on his ass. Like, like dude, just, sharpen your skates. It's or like just, he does it. I don't yeah. know. And the scary thing is, I don't know. We, I don't want to harp on David Clarkson the contract because we've been through it before. But the money he's getting paid means he's part of the Leafs' core, which yeah. is a huge issue. Well, and and the term on it, seven years, six years left. That's a deal you give to like a play. Like seven years is something you give to a Phil Kessel or a Steven Stamkos or a John Tavares, not a David Clarkson. Like, even if Clarkson had come in and produced at close to what he was doing in New Jersey, he's still not worth that money. No. It's no. ridiculous. And the, the advanced stat guys point that out. They had pointed out that David Clarkson's 34-goal season was an anomaly. He was playing a ton of power play time with Kovalchuk, and he was standing in front of the net. Kovalchuk shoots from the point or from the half boards, and Clarkson gets a rebound, and it goes in. 34 goals. I don't even understand why that guy gets play, uh, gets power play time in Toronto. Not with the people that are ahead of him in the lineup. I don't get it. I, I guess maybe to try and utilize them better, but to to play a player just to get his stats better so you can justify his contract? No. Such a Leafs thing to do. Yeah. Almost as bad as not 
letting Kadri play with Kessel because you're worried about the relationship between Bozak and Kessel. Anyways, just back to Clarkson quickly and speaking about his contract and money. Um, a lot's being made about how at the end of this season, guaranteed, I mean, granted there's going to be contracts coming off the books, but the Leafs will have less than $1 million in cap space, so they won't have much room. Um, but with Booth, Winnick, Santorelli coming off the books, um, that'll relieve some of the pressure. But at the end of the day, you have Cody Franson, Nazem Kadri, and Jonathan Bernier that you need to sign. And I think if you let any three of those guys walk, you're making a big mistake. So there's been a lot of rumors and speculation that the Leafs might try to move one of Lupul, Clarkson, or preferably Tyler Bozak. Um, out of those three, who do you think is most likely to move and who would you like to see moved? Um, I love Tyler Bozak. I love watching him play. I love watching him break down the wing, coming from like a breakaway on a penalty kill. Love watching him in the shootout. But I want this team to win, and I want this team to win now, and I want them to win a lot. And in order to do that, Tyler Bozak has to come off this team. He's not, he's not very good away from Phil Kessel, and unfortunately that's not good enough. Phil Kessel makes him the player that he is, and... Yeah, I'd love to see Tyler Bozak go. I'd love to have Joffrey Lupo go. Um, I want, I want them to sell, be able to get rid of Joffrey Lupo for something instead of just trading him for a fourth or fifth round pick. Sell him high just, right now. Yeah, get him into some games, put him on the power play, boost his stats a little bit, let him you know get some points, let him like just make sure that he doesn't get hurt, so that they can sell him high and get something decent in return. I think the thing I'm the most nervous about right now in terms of the Leafs, um, and one of the reasons is that Darren Dreger tweeted it out uh, like a week and a half ago that he thinks Nazem Kadri won't be a Leaf come the trade deadline. And the only reason that holds water is because of Darren Dreger's relationship to Dave Nonis. Um, the Leafs have been looking for a number one center for how long? And they have one in Nazem Kadri. He's playing lights out right now. He's playing the best hockey he's ever played as a Maple Leaf. If you want to just look at points alone, no, he's not. But if you want to look at overall being an NHL center, he's playing the best. And he's head and shoulders better than Tyler Bozak. Um, my biggest fear is that the Leafs are going to end up giving up on Kadri. Um, the, big, the biggest problem is that Tyler Bozak is getting paid $5 million dollars. Five or four? Bozak gets 4.2. The biggest problem is that Tyler Bozak is being paid like a top center. And if they move him away from Phil Kessel, Tyler Bozak becomes irrelevant. And I think that's what's holding Kadri back from being played with Phil Kessel. Granted, Kadri is one of the highest played players for Randy Carlisle. He's getting a lot of ice time five on five. But I think if you can put Kessel with Kadri, that's just so dominant. I just, I don't know. I hope the Leafs don't give up on him and then have him be one of those guys that comes and just burns them every time uh, they play Kadri on another team. Yeah, the roster, the the cap for next year, it doesn't get any better. If it goes up, then the Leafs will have, if it goes up to 73, 74 that they're looking at, 73, then they're going to have $3 million come off just for it going up and then they have 13 players signed at 52 so essentially they'll have about 20 million 
to sign 11 players. You work that out. That's only $2.2 million per player. You're not getting much in that. And Franzen's going to be... Plus you got Franzen, Kadri, and Bernier to Who recently. are all going to be above four per year. Depends on... If if Bernier gets the lease into the playoffs this year and they go our two rounds, Bernier's getting paid six, oh, yes. six mil plus. You know, if, if Franzen leads the the Leafs defense in points in his top five in the NHL for defensemen in points, he's getting paid. And it won't be in Toronto. It'll be somewhere else. He will be walking away from this team and getting paid. And Nazem Kadri, same thing. Kadri's a home a homegrown guy. Like he's been yeah. with the Leafs his whole career. Like we need to hold on to guys like this. Yeah. Like we like imagine if they hold on to guys like Tuka Rask and things like that. Like I'm just tired of seeing the Leafs let quality players leave and then end up regretting it like like we always do. I don't know, it's just frustrating. It is. So the next three games for the Leafs, they have uh, Carolina coming up tonight, Philadelphia on Saturday, and then Chicago on Sunday. Hopefully a game that I will be attending in person. Um, that'd be really neat. About um, three games in one week almost for you. Yeah. If you do, go. I, I'm going to try my hardest to get there. We went to both the Kings and Ducks game, and that was my first time seeing both the Kings and the Ducks. Yeah. I'd never watched them before live at the Air Canada Center. I think I'd seen the, I've seen the Ducks once before. Um, but I'd never seen the Kings before. That was pretty cool. Especially because it went to a shootout and you got to see, like, Kopitar take a shootout. And, and James Reimer was perfect, perfect in that shootout. night in the shootout. That was yeah. great. Yep. Leafs blew a 2 nothing lead in that game, but ended up coming back to win in a shootout. And it was great uh, to be able to watch that. Yep. Three stars? Yeah, let's do the three stars. So, uh, this week, I guess, sort of, for these five games, our three stars uh, from three to one go Mike Santarelli, Nazem Kadri, and then one is sort of a joint. It's the Leafs goalies. Um, so, Jeff, do you want to talk about Mike Santarelli a bit? Why he's the third star this week? Yeah, two goals, uh, two assists, and he's a plus four. Um, he, his line is just dominant. You know, they always put the Santarelli line out against the other team's top players, and they're just very dominant against them. It's great. Um, I think the Saturday game against Detroit last week was like the Kadri Santarelli line was just disgusting. I think Kadri was had like a eighty percent possession rate against Datsuk, seventy seventy eight percent possession rate against Zetterberg. Like, yeah, and they want to trade this guy out of town. Ridiculous. Yeah, they're idiots. They really are. Well, no one else is idiots. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, two is Kadri, two goals, three assists, plus three. We've talked about him enough this podcast, I think, to realize why he's a second star. And then this 10-1-1 streak is looking very different if the Leafs goalies aren't both playing at an unreal level. Uh, they are 5-0-0 in these five games with an average save percentage of .956, which is pretty ridiculous. And I'm comfortable saying they stole at least three of those games against LA, Detroit, and Anaheim. Two of those starts, of course, going to James Reimer, and then Anaheim. Uh, Bernier was really good against uh, as well. Uh, today we're not going to be doing a post-game scrum. We will. We have a special treat for you. Yeah, a little holiday, yeah. little uh, Christmas treat. Yeah, a little holiday fun. Leafs, Leafsmas, twenty fourteen. I do not sing often, so yeah, get ready for that. That's a little tease for you there. All right. We thought we'd do something a little bit fun. We're always trying to have more fun. So we wrote a Leafs version of 12 Days of Christmas. Here we go. 
On the twelfth day of Christmas, my leafers gave to me... Twelve loophole girlfriends. Eleven Bernier big saves. Ten Clarkson fall downs. Nine goals for Nashville. Eight Kessel hat tricks. Seven Polak punches. Six depth forwards. Five Stanley Cups. Four Jersey throwers. Three Bozy breakaways. Two Kadri toe drags. And one goalie controversy. We're hoping to have some big changes in 2015 in the new year. There's a lo- We're going to make some big moves and we're going to take the Francis report to the next level. So we hope so, but without your help, we're not going to be able to do that. You guys have been so great um, through this short run so far. And we're going to ask for one Christmas present from you guys uh, from the Francis faithful and anybody listening to our podcast, Jeff, what are we going to ask the fine folks for share the hell out of this? We, if you like it, you know, subscribe so that you get it. You can subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud. You know, if you like it, that's great. You know, tell a friend, uh, you know, pass it around. Especially on Facebook, the, where we have a Facebook page, The Francis Report. Throw us a like. Um, we're going to have some more contests coming up in the new yeah. year. You can win free stuff, even if yeah. you're not a Leafs fan. Like, whatever. And we're looking at some pretty nice stuff. Like, we're, we're going to try and get some really nice prizes. And with uh, going to the Big Ice, we have the potential to have a couple of really cool guests on yeah. the show. So we're only going to hope to expand and get bigger. Um, and it's for you guys, for your listening pleasure. We only talk about the Leafs. It's all hockey talk. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking forward to 2015. I think Francis Support's only going to get bigger and better. Speaking of sharing and liking and listening, there's a special place that apparently listens a lot to yeah. the Francis Report. It's weird. I don't understand why. It's fantastic. I'm not going to question it. Uh, we like it. Um, Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out Ashburn, yeah. Virginia. If we had horns, I would give you horns right now. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever is there listening, you're doing a great job. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for the support. Yeah. You're like, we get tons of listens from that city or town or we don't know much about Let us place. know more about Ashburn. Yeah. Hit us up on Facebook. I'd love to learn more about. And send us questions, any questions. It doesn't have to be a question. It could just be a comment. We'll read it in the post-game scrum. Yeah, in the new year, we really want to vamp up the post-game scrum and uh, make it more involvement with the with the listeners and, and get you guys involved in the podcast. So always make we, sure to. You know, the only reason we do this is we want to get involvement with people. We want people to interact with us. We want people to talk. We want people to write us. We want people to comment on our stuff. We just, we love the Leafs and we love hockey and we just want to get people talking. That's, that's why we're that's doing this. That's why we're doing what we're doing. a lot of fun. And you know, like we write our articles and we're starting to get a lot more uh, reads and views on our articles. Yep. I would love to have feedback on people. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell yeah. me if you agree with me. I have no problem telling Mike when he's wrong. Apparently neither does that guy on Twitter who blocked me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just, we're looking forward to 2015 and thank you so much for being along for the ride so far. And I uh, hope everybody has a great new year and a Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody. Take care. All right. Thanks very much for tuning in to another episode of The Francis Report. Jeff, uh, what's a good way to get in touch with us uh, after listening to one of the podcasts? If you want to ask a question, you can send a question to questions at thefrancisreport.ca. If you want to check out our blog, Twitter feed, Facebook page, or other episodes of the podcast, you can just hit up www.thefrancisreport.ca. We have a link to all four of those things right there. Sounds great, Jeff. Awesome. Thanks very much, Francis Faithful, and keep your jerseys on. Mm-hmm.